0: Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today we're going to be discussing the topic, Growing the Kingdom of God. Thank you all so much for joining in on today's episode. Our format today is going to be a little different than what you're probably used to, but I'm excited about today's episode, and I hope you are as well. If you missed last Monday's episode, I encourage you to take a few moments to go back and check it out. In that episode, we discussed the topic, you are an overcomer, because if you are a new creature in Christ, you now have a king living on the inside of you, and it's by his grace and by his spirit that allows us to be overcomers in this world. So feel free to go back and check that out. Um, We had a lot of fun with that episode, and if you miss it, we want you to go back and and check that out. Also, if you're new to this podcast, first off, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for our return listeners as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be notified of future episodes. And if you're interested in being a part of this ministry, then I encourage you and welcome you to visit our website at casttheword.com, scroll to the bottom, and subscribe to our email newsletter. This is just a way for us to stay connected and engaged so that you can be informed of what's going on with the Cast the Word ministry. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started today. And I mentioned just a moment ago that today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're probably used to. And that's because today we have a couple guests on the show. Um, I met these gentlemen a couple weeks ago, and and really I was just instantly hooked by their spirit and by their testimony. So I asked them if they'd be willing to join In on our show in in the future, and and of course they agreed, and I'm very happy to introduce uh, to you all Pastor Paul and Pastor Eric from the French Church in Knoxville. Gentlemen, welcome today. Thank you. And when when we spoke recently, I was really just captivated by y'all's story of raw evangelism. And like I said, I asked you guys to join in on this episode to give my listeners um, a little bit of your story because I was just really captivated by your efforts to grow the kingdom, and in, in really in ways that some might consider to be unconventional or unorthodox to certain standards. So I'm going to stop rambling here for a moment and just give you guys the floor. Um, just ask you guys to tell us a little bit about yourself. Paul, let's go ahead and start with you, if you don't mind.
1: Sure. Uh, Pastor Paul, honored um, with The Fringe. Uh, we're uh, here in Knoxville, Tennessee, And how how I kind of got started with all of this is, um, I'll I'll keep it real short, but um, I was really into teaching inside the church, doing Bible studies, uh, equipping the saints. Uh, I developed a a men's discipleship program because I was kind of frustrated with what I was finding in the bookstores. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys that I was doing discipleship with kind of challenged me and he said, you know, part of discipleship is evangelism. And at the time Mm -hmm. I was very comfortable inside the walls of the church but I was not very comfortable outside the walls of the church. And so he challenged me to come out with him on a homeless ministry that he was uh, leading. And I went, and it just began a transformation process for me. So everything that we're doing today um, was really born out of that moment. And and I'll let Eric jump in and, and talk, uh, you know, uh, introduce himself, and then maybe we can talk a little bit more of the, the evolution of the ministry.
0: Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Well, my name is
2: uh, Pastor Eric, and I've been in ministry for a little over 20 years. And, you know, it's so funny uh, when, when God brought uh, me and Paul together, our stories are so intertwined. And so you, they're just ghost, the, the, the straight line. Um, I also was involved in the church and in, in teaching and never found adequate uh, material and was searching for something more. Um, but during the time when I got saved, I got saved back in 93. Um, I was in, in a hard rock band, and, and that passion for music had never left, and I actually met my wife in a band, and we were playing music, and, and we're looking for maybe an outlet to play some music, and I've heard about the metal mission of Knoxville, and that was what Paul uh, was, was at at the time, and they were doing some club ministry, and we went there just to you know kind of maybe pitch the band, and but what I heard was uh, just amazing uh, teaching, and it really grasped me that you know, usually with, with an outreach like that, and you, you know, you get flighty teaching sometimes, but what Paul was giving was just amazing. It was really deep. So uh, we got to know each other and, and got to uh, do some ministry together. And exactly what Paul is saying is what he did to me. He had challenged me to evangelism because I was a teacher and I was safe on those four walls of the church. Uh, and he encouraged me to do the homeless ministry. and just I fell in love and my wife fell in love with that ministry and uh, we went straight forward and, and never looked back.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Both of y'all brought up a great point that um, as ministers or even as a as a body of Christ in the church, we kind of feel safe. You know, we we feel safe talking about God. We feel safe sharing our story, sharing our testimony what have you inside the four walls of the church, but you know, we're tasked to take the gospel to the world. And there's something about that sometimes, or at least I'll speak for myself, thinking about doing that true, raw evangelism of of trying to save the world, you know, um, it just is so daunting sometimes. So um, especially thinking about going to places that I know we'll probably get into in a few minutes that you guys shared with me last time we spoke, uh, some of the efforts you do and have done, um, in regards to evangelism can be so daunting to some people. And that's why I used the terms earlier, unconventional, because what you guys have shared with me is that your mission and your evangelism is really hitting areas that are kind of rough around the edges, you know, kind of kind of difficult to to preach to and to teach to and to try to draw people to Christ. So do you guys care to share a little bit about that and, and kind of explain what I'm sp- what I'm laying up for you guys there? Because I know, like I said, we had already talked about this, so I know some of y'all's story and how uh, you guys have done what you've done to try to lead folks to the Lord that, that may be, like I said, a little rough around the edges. So I'll, I'll give it back to you, Paul, Eric. Either one of y'all want to address that?
1: Yeah, um, sure. Growing up, you know, I always had longer hair and uh, earrings and tattoos. I wasn't very conventional to begin with, and uh, becoming a pastor, um, I didn't really change that much in my appearance and stuff until I, I came to, to Knoxville. And um then I decided I was gonna go with the whole corporate thing. I cut my hair, I cleaned up, I wore long sleeve shirts and took out my <laughs> earrings and the whole thing. Yeah. And I was miserable. I'd look in the mirror and I hate that guy. And and I couldn't yeah. understand what was going on. And God was stirring my heart. And finally God spoke to me and said, Be who you are. Uh, You, all your experiences in your life led you to be this person, be who you are and minister in that, in that arena. So um, that's about the time that I met um, Victor Griffin from Place of Skulls. And he was kind of frustrated with his lack of um, opportunity for outreach here and locally. So we started a home church together and little by little, we started kicking around an idea. And I had gone to this punk rock flea market. And I saw a bunch of just fringy people, man, just people that purple hair, mohawks, mm-hmm. pierced up faces. And I thought, who's ministering to these folks? They're not coming to church and they probably wouldn't be real welcome in a lot of churches. And so that the idea of the fringe was kind of born there. My wife and I kind of talked about it a bit and then we started bringing it up in our home church and and Victor and I started kicking some ideas around and we contacted the First Heavy Metal Church of Christ in, in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and talked to the Pastor Brian there for a little bit, and out of that, Metal Mission of Knoxville was born. And we started out in a club. We started out in a music club, Place of Skulls uh, as a doomy band, or kind of uh, uh, maybe Black Sabbathy in sound, but very strong Christian message. And we did a show there, and I got to preach in this club, and... I'll tell you, it was terrifying because I didn't know what kind of response I was going to get. I didn't know what kind of uh, reception. I didn't know if they'd pick me up and carry me out of there. You know what I mean? And it's dark, (laughs) so you can't see anybody. I can see shapes because the lights are on me on the stage. And I can hear the AM men's and I can hear the Preach It Brothers. So that was pretty cool. And that's about the time, about two or three of those in is when Eric jumped on board. I'll let him share his piece.
2: Yeah, we uh, we went to uh, a couple of the shows actually, and uh, of course I was familiar with Victor Griffin. I love his playing. I love the sound, and of course he brought some other uh, Bone Prophet. There were some other real popular bands that were getting connected, and of course again, just being uh, transparent, my desire was maybe to see this as an. Out- Never saw this as an outlet for ministry. I was already uh, active in the church. I ordained in the church. You know, uh, yeah. When I say the church, I mean the physical building i was in and right. uh, but then i started listening to paul one thing paul did which he doesn't give enough credit for is when he was preaching he didn't hold back uh, a lot there's a lot of fluff out there he had a lot of meat in his message and it really realized that wow this guy is is really on target um and i'll admit uh early on in my ministry um one thing all of us pastors have to be careful of is pride and yeah. Amen. I went, you know, I've got, went to a lot of schooling. I could say a lot of big words, and I'd say those big words because I told I paid a lot of money to say those big words. You know? yeah. But, uh, but uh, then when when uh, Paul challenged me to go on the street and, and the homeless ministry, that was a different thing. Because when I went out there, you know, this is not just. I want to make sure everyone understands. It's listening. This wasn't like a once a month twice. They did this every single Saturday morning. Everybody yeah. knew Paul. Everybody knew Jason. Everybody knew everyone that was there. I walked in and, and I was the new guy, uh, but they knew him and they trusted him. They had conversations with him. They shared with him. They had built this relationship that blew me away. But what I found out more than anything is these people on the street, and I don't mean these people, I mean the people that we minister to on the street, they didn't care about theology. They didn't care about these $20 awards. They They were wanting, and you basically, uh, you basically just had to share your life. They wanted, you had to have street cred on it. And I thought, Rick, none of that stuff mattered. And it was a whole new evangelism to me. But we became so close. And and, and my wife, and I'll tell you one quick thing, and I'll turn it back to Paul. But I'll be honest with you. When we first went there, I was terrified um, because I was out of my comfort zone. So I was back behind, just kind of looking around thinking, okay, I, these people look scary. Um, they're not used to this. And I looked around trying to find my wife and she is out in the midst talking to everybody. And I said, okay, <laughs> Lord, it's, okay, I'm going to have to man up <laughs> and get out there. But, she was uh, showing you up. She was she, Her heart just immediately went, you yeah. know, for the homeless. And it tears us right now that we can't be, COVID-19 has just robbed us of so much, but uh, yeah that's where our heart has been. So yeah, God just really uniquely, divinely brought us together in that moment.
1: Paul, did you have something you wanted to add to that, brother? Yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about the dynamic of the ministry because um, it's not one of those things where it just, it, where it was a lot of effort. And this is where I know it's so God, because when the first, the homeless aspect of it just started out with me and another guy and a bag of biscuits, and a jug of coffee and a jug of orange juice. And we just walked around <laughs> and we got into some of the homeless camps. Yeah. And, it, and from that, you know, after three, three and a half years later, we were in a, a vacant lot with tables set up and food stations and clothing stations and, and at any given time, maybe 10 people serving with us that could be eight different ones every week. And it was just amazing how God put the whole thing together with so little effort. And it was right. never a chore. It was never something where we, it was never drudgery. And it's, and it, and those are the things when, when people talk about, you know, I've met pastors that are struggling in ministry. I have to think, man, you're missing your calling somehow. You're missing what God really has for you because it's a joy yeah. and it's a thrill. And when you're doing what God designed you to do, there's nothing better. There's no better place to be in
0: life. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you guys have brought up a few things I wanted to circle back on, which is appearances. And it's just, you know, the church, man, sometimes gets so hung up on those things. And the Bible says, you know, man looks on the outward side, but God looks on the inward. As ministers, as as a body of Christ, as believers, we've all, we've just got to do a better job of looking at people as people, you know, no matter what's on their outward, no matter the tattoos, no matter the piercings, no matter all of those things, what's on the inside of the, of the person, the heart is really what matters. And you guys have done something that is just so powerful that honestly, the reason I wanted to bring you guys on this program is that you guys really motivate me to want to evangelize, <laughs> want to do a better job getting out there and not being afraid. Because man, if you guys can get up and preach in a club, I mean, that's gotta be one of probably the hardest atmospheres I could imagine ever trying to get up, open a Bible, and preach the word of God. Pat on your back, guys. That's just that's awesome. I, I love hearing that. The the Lord is clearly working out his will through your life. And and what you said, Paul, when you try to to live the corporate life and cut your hair and all that stuff, you felt the Lord prick your heart and say, That's, you know, that's not who I made you to be. Be who I made you to be and be a testimony to other people, to the world. And that's just awesome. I, I love that that you guys are are just following God's plans and and being obedient to the Spirit. And Matthew 28 verse 18 tells us that Jesus said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go there go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age and when we think about growing the kingdom of God guys we are in, we are taught we are you know pushed by the Lord to go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and And that's what, as believers, what we should all strive to do. You know, a lot of people in the church today feel like, well, I'm not a preacher; it's not incumbent upon me to go out and try to fish for men. Um, So, I wanted to to kind of pause there and ask you guys, what are your thoughts about that? What can the body of Christ do better to help fish for men? Either one of y'all want to take that topic? Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll jump on that, and then I'm sure Eric has something to add to it too. But for me. The church, the, the building, the, the meeting place that's not where we fish for men. That's where we kind of huddle up and get the game plan to go out and do ministry exactly and and right. I firmly believe that every single believer, every single person has a calling and they don't get to access that calling unless they become a believer and then every single single believer has a calling and, and a purpose and and an equipping from God to do the work of service that he's placed before them. So when, when I when I hear people talk about oh I want to bring my unsaved friend to church, no you minister to them, you disciple them, yeah,
0: do it. And now. then bring them to yeah. church,
1: you know? And right. so, you know, that's it's my 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 mission inside the body of Christ to the body of Christ is to equip saints to be who you are. You know, of course we pursue holiness, and I'm not talking about condoning sin or allowing sinful lifestyles, but what I'm talking about is is your personality all your experiences, um, those all made you who you are. And when you read the the, the, the gospel messages, the gospel and the, um, the epistles, all those guys, you could see their personalities coming through the writing. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. But God still utilized yes. the men. He didn't put them in a trance yes. and just dictate. And so, you know, it, it's the same for us. So that's kind of where I look at as being fishers of men. We all have a role. We're not all evangelists. And we're not all teachers, but we all have a role. And and finding that role is, is the key to happiness and spiritual growth because you won't grow if you're not serving.
2: Amen. Yeah, I think what we, we've seen over the past few decades is this emergent church movement where the church is, is trying to make the center comfortable. Um, they to try to adjust the style of worship, to try to adjust um, everything to make sinners more comfortable to come in. Uh, and it's such a tragedy because that's never what the church was meant to be. The church is just exactly what Paul said. That's our place where we get motivated. We do ministry every other day. Church should be our time just to relax and, and be among believers and get uh, just get psyched up to go out and do ministry. But what we've done is we've turned everything into that two hours on Sunday, and it all depends on that two hours. And if it doesn't get then done, done then, they give up. But the whole purpose of the church is just for us to be motivated, us to be refreshed, us to be taught. The pastor of the church is to teach wisely and divide word, God's word and teach his congregation. But now the pastors have these big S's on their chest. They're doing everything. They're doing the, the all the evangelism. They're doing this and do this and this and this and this study, this study. And, and the body is just sitting there and letting them do it. Um, and I think it's just a sad place where the churches now are, you know, the clubs <laughs> that uh, people are going to. And uh, I think we just need to go back to that that model of uh, just going to church, get refreshed in the Spirit, and then go for the rest of the week and do ministry.
0: Right. Yeah, and you, you brought up a, a great point that church growth cannot just be accomplished on Sundays and you both you both hit on that that Sundays church day is when we go to get refreshed but really that can't be where it ends we've got to walk the walk and talk the talk and pray and read our read the word and you know study the word and be with God all throughout the week so that we can be empowered to be a testimony to somebody else to help be a light in the world um, be light that can be seen and salt that can be tasted. You know, um, if we just rely on that ourselves on Sunday morning, then and, and rely on the pastor to teach that, uh, which which they do, but solely relying on on the pastor is my point here. That we cannot grow, and if we are not growing within the church, how can we expect to help bring in others? How can we expect to change lives of others? You know, through our testimony, through the work of the of the Lord through us um, if we're not really dedicated and committed um, Monday through, through Saturday, right? What Paul, I saw you came off on mute Do You have something you want to add? To yeah, that? I did. Cause
1: you know, it brought up a great point is our, is our feeding ourselves through the scripture and, and through private um, study time. And, and it's great to have the corporate time and the fellowship, you know, we're commanded not to forsake the fellowship of the saints, but we're also called to have a personal relationship with God. And, you know, when we had home church, one of the challenges I laid out, and I didn't embarrass anybody and have them report back, but one of the challenges I made was hey, um, keep a journal this week. And as much and all the time you spend in um, entertainment that doesn't glorify God or edify God or just, you know, whatever, any entertainment you, you enjoy, mark down the time. And then I want you to mark down the time that you spend in the word or in worship or in a pursuit that grows you spiritually. And I want you to look and see where you are, what your balance is because, you know, we don't have to work to get polluted. We just get turn on the TV. We just walk into a public place and listen to what's going on Amen. and we're getting polluted. Yep. We're having the world fill in, fill into us. And we have to intentionally fill ourselves with the things of God and that was the balance that was the balance that i was looking for that i challenged people to so i challenge anybody listening here um make that journal and check take a look take, give yourself a little spiritual checkup how much time are you spending in, in the pursuit of god versus how much time you're spending in leisure and just and it doesn't have to be sinful entertainment it's just inter- right. you know veg time whatever
0: right yeah, every every Sunday my iPhone reminds me of how much time I spent on the phone and uh whether that percentage is up or down from the previous week. And um when you were talking about the journal documenting how much time and then reflecting back on that, maybe later on in the week. Um, that reminds me of the, of the iPhone report I get every Sunday morning. And it's funny that that comes up Sunday morning, uh, right before church. I look at that and I'm like, wow, I spent X amount of time on my phone, you know, and it's kind of a, almost a checkpoint for me to think to your point, what am I doing that I could be, you know, spending more time, um, in, in the word, in prayer and stuff like that. So it's always a kind of a conviction, um, because technology, I'm not trying to get off on another subject here, but technology is a great resource, but man, it can suck a lot of time out of your day if you're not careful. Um, so I love the journal idea. Eric, I, I see you're off mute, brother. You have, you have something to add there too?
2: Yeah, just this just, uh, quick, uh, like I said, I've, I've been a children's pastor for, you know, about twenty years, and, and teaching the children, I always like to just you know just make sure that they get the foundation of God's word. But one thing they always bring up is hypocrisy. Um, when when you act different in church than you do in life, your testimony is robbed. Um, that's good. Well, you've got, and that's one thing I, I love, absolutely love about the fringe is when you see us. Uh, you know, God's grace, we get back in the, the physical building. When you see us on, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you're going to see who we are, <laughs> we don't change for good or for bad. I wish some people probably wish we did, but but, but there's no mask. Yeah. Um, and I've been in church so long. I've seen so many masks and I've seen so many families that I've ministered to. And then they see, you know, everything's fine. That's fine. They're divorced. The kids, what happened is they never were true. The, the truth never came out. Because you can't be true in church. I'm not sure when this happened, but the whole purpose of the fringe is you need to be who you are. You come as you are. Um, God you know, was working on us all, the whole process of sanctification. He's going to clean us in different stages. There is no cookie cutter Christianity. But what the world sees is hypocrisy when we act one day on Sunday, and then on Monday, we're just full of the world. So, That's one thing that we just got to be true to of what church really is. Church just be another day to worship God. There should be no difference on Sunday than any day of the week.
0: Right. Amen, brother. That's good. We can't go through the motions. Uh, That's kind of what I took away from from that is that we got to be careful not to just go through the motions and put on that mask and pretend we're one way at church but really live in a different way. Um, we cannot effectively grow the kingdom of God if that's a lifestyle that we 're living, and it requires us to be committed to have that dedicated spirit that as for me and my house we 're going to serve the Lord, you know that kind of mentality, that kind of spirit that the old things have passed away, and all things become new when we 're in Christ and that's one of the things I have written down here that I wanted to hit on is that I thought that um we all, well first off, we all have a past, right, and so many people get discouraged um to witness to other people because the first thing they think is, Well, who am I? Who am I to dare try to talk to somebody else about Christ? Um, given my past? And we get so bogged down with that sometimes, or at least I, I've heard it many times in in ministry. And I'm sure given y'all's tenure and, and service to the Lord, that I'm sure you guys have heard that as well. And I wanted to speak on that for just a few moments because like I said, we all have a past, and if you look through the Bible, and this is this has been so encouraging to me because of my past, that when you look through the Scripture, you see time and time again that God uses imperfect people because that's all He has to choose from. We're all imperfect. We all come short of the glory of God, and you still have a testimony. Sometimes it's your past that really fuels your testimony. Look at Moses, for example. He He killed a guy, but God still used him to, um, in, in the exodus of the, of the uh, people of, in, in Egypt, of the Israelites in Egypt, look at, look at Paul, um, a, a type of, if you will, Christian executioner, but yet God used him to write the majority of the New Testament. So we all have a past, but that doesn't mean that our past can exclude us from being a witness, being a testimony about what God's grace has done for me, and I know God's grace can do that for you too. So I wanted to ask you guys if you have any thoughts about that and how sometimes maybe we sometimes let our past hinder us from witnessing. We're not all evangelists, like you said, Pastor Paul, but we do all have a duty, in my opinion, to do the best we can to try to fish for people, not with a net, well, not with a pole, but with a net. We want to grab as many people as we can on our way to heaven. What are your thoughts, brothers?
1: Yeah, and, and that's kind of one of the main focuses of our ministry. And in fact, on our web uh, webpage, on our Facebook page, um, uh, one of the f- quotes that we use, I think it's from Brendan Manning, is that every sinner has a future and every saint has a past. And we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that we've come through th- some things. We look at you know Jesus' disciples yeah. who he called to, to follow him that was a rough group. He had a tax collector. He had a zealot. He had some rough fisher guys, fishermen, and these were not, you know, not who you would normally recruit for an endeavor to change the world. And (laughs) so, you know, he chose the guys, you know, he chose them based on he knew their hearts and he knew what their potential was through his spirit. So when I look at people and, and, and Blackie Lawley, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Wasp, but Blackie Lawless was the lead singer, is the lead singer of that band. And he was really, really rough in the 80s, had some songs that um, he won't even play anymore because they're so foul. But he's a believer now and people will criticize him. And it's a perfect example. Of how can you call yourself a Christian? How can you be used by God when you used to sing this one particular song? And it was a really, really bad song. And he says, you yeah. know what? The fact that I don't sing that song anymore should make you know that there's a change and a difference in me. And that God takes Amen. all of the stuff from my past and uses it. So that's really our focus. You know, we are who we are because of what's been done to us and because of what we've done. And there's nothing that we've done and there's nothing that's been done to us that God can't overcome, forgive and heal. And that's, you know, that's a big, big focus of our ministry. Eric. Amen.
2: Yeah, well. I agree 100 percent with Paul, and uh, you know it's just about having the ethos. Our, our background—I I didn't grow up in church. Uh, I wasn't—I'm not. I use the word loosely, indoctrinated uh, into a church system. Um, I just know that I had a personal relationship with Christ, uh, and I've, I've shared before uh, testimony that I'm still on a journey of, of trying to figure out what that means and and what denominations are all about and what this stuff is all about, but. But there's so many people that do become indoctrinated because they just grow up in a system. Uh, and it was always is my joy to you know to teach the kids is you know to challenge, this, to question why are why am I Baptist? Why am I Presbyterian? Why am I Pentecostal? I mean, you know there are doctrines that matter. Uh, and I just want to say I do love the local church. I, I'm not, and I know Paul is not either. Saying anything bad about the local church, we support the local church 100. percent God has this uniquely equipped us and ordained us to go outside on the fringe. Now, that's not a ministry for everyone. Uh, This ain't a recruitment, you know, trying to get... Not everybody is called to the same mission, just like we've said. There's no kind of Christianity. Um, You know, there's certain things that you know, just I'll be honest with you, the tattoo convention was kind of out of my comfort zone. I I'd never got any tattoos. Um, I loved them very much, but Paul was much more comfortable and had more ethos. and And that's the same thing. We you find out that hey, God has made me a certain way, my personality, my background, and I can reach people that other people can't because of that. And that's a unique equipping that each saint has. So I would make the challenge that everybody needs to be an evangelist. They don't have to be an event. They can be just one person that God puts on your heart. And that right. one person you could just pour onto because God has uniquely equipped you to reach that one person where someone else couldn't. So I think we're all equipped and called to be evangelists, but not at a different, you know, different degrees, if you would say. Right.
0: Yeah. Great point.
1: Yeah, and I just kind of wanted to jump in real quick because I know we referenced the Tattoo Convention a couple of times. And, and I know we talked about it on the other podcast, but I think your listeners might be kind of confused. Uh, there's a ta- Knoxville Tattoo Convention here every year, and it's a pretty big event. And we've been blessed uh, three years in a row to be able to set up a vending table at the Tattoo Convention and give away Bibles, give away our, um, uh, some of the brochures that we've made and, and literature that we've made and just have an opportunity to love on people in that environment. And it's three days through the looking glass because it's not anything like regular life. It's just, and it's, and it's not a family friendly atmosphere. It's not for everybody, but God (laughs) has given us that opportunity to go. Last year, um, dog, the bounty hunter came through and I was able to give him a metal Bible and it was really a cool opportunity, but we go around, we talk to the vendors and we talk to the artists and we make uh, connections and we, um, try to, to just show the love of Christ in an environment where they've been used to being judged by Christians or, or pushed aside. And um, I don't know if I have time for a quick story about the tattoo convention.
0: Yeah, go okay. for it. Um,
1: the, there was a, a, a vendor across from us, and she had like pentagrams and all kinds of satanic-style jewelry um, that she was selling. And she saw us, and she thought, oh, they're not going to like me. And we saw her, and we thought, oh, I hope, I hope she doesn't hate <laughs> us and have a problem. Yeah. So we noticed she had a little dog with her, and the little dog was wearing a vest with the band logo, the band Pentagram. Well, our co-founder of, of Metal Mission, the ministry that we're under, uh, Victor Griffin, he used to be the guitar player for Pentagram. And I had some of his albums from his newer band, uh, Place of Skulls, and his solo album, Engraved. And so I went over to her and I said, hey, I know you're a Pentagram fan. Did you know that Victor Griffin is now making music with this band? Would you like a free CD? And she took it. And it opened up a conversation for us. And then at the end of the night, we helped her move her stuff to get it off the floor so it wouldn't get robbed. And we just developed a relationship over the next couple of days with her, and she ended up coming to our table and taking a little uh, short story that I wrote about addiction. And she took a Bible and she took one of our brochures. Oh, wow. And she was from out of town, so we didn't really get to follow up with her. But it was just so cool, you know, where we both were at opposite sides of the spectrum going in and ended up friends and and getting to share the gospel wow. with her. So it was really cool.
0: Wow, you guys have done such a great job in using the gifts and the talents that God has given you to grow the kingdom in ways that the conventional church might seem a little unorthodox or might perceive that as a little unorthodox, like like we mentioned earlier. But you guys are doing exactly what we're supposed to do, which is to reach the lost. and and to try to just be a light um that can be seen and who's that light that's Jesus shining through you guys and like i said earlier you know i've just uh i love your your guys' testimony and and your stories um and and i thank you guys so much for joining us today um i hope that our listeners were able to gather something from it the the point that we're trying to nail home here today is that we all can do something to grow the kingdom. No, we're not all ministers. No, we're not all evangelists. But like Pastor Paul and Pastor Eric have highlighted here today, that it may be varying degrees. Maybe it's just your testimony of how God has brought you out of the darkness into His marvelous light, that look at what I used to be and look at who I am now by the grace of God. And if He did that for me, He can do that for you as well. And that is, in my opinion, one of the best ways that we as believers can help grow the kingdom, which is just by, like you said at the beginning, Paul, be in yourself. Be who God made you to be and show others how Christ has still changed What's on the inside? You know, it's not about the outward appearance; it's about what's on the inside, and that's Jesus. Anything else you guys would like to share before we wrap up today?
1: Well, I'm just real blessed for the opportunity to you know, come on here and, and share about what the Lord's doing through us, if for no other reason, just to encourage other people to um, get out of your comfort zone. You know, I'm also a blogger, right. and one of the posts I wrote was "Nothing grows in the comfort zone," and you can't grow. You can grow spiritually to a level but you're not going to, you're not going to break through. You're never going to get that full satisfaction of your relationship with Christ, unless you're serving in your capacity. And that doesn't mean you show up in church and say, Hey, what do you need? And they stick you into something because it happens to be available. It means, you right. know, working on your relationship with God, finding out who you are in Christ, what he's got for you to do and then do it and, and get around people that are going to encourage you in that and disciple you in it. If, if you're, you're a brand new believer, Get into a discipleship program. Find somebody that you know that's a believer for a long time. Say, hey, I want you to disciple me. You'll pull them out of their comfort zone, but it's a cool thing. So, yeah, that's really what I wanted to add in there.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing.
2: Yeah, I'd like to say also that, you know, as far as as my experience and testimony is, you know, just ask questions. Uh, Just never take for granted uh, what people are saying is truth. And I say that lovingly. Because we we got to be careful, and just like you mentioned before, Andrew, I mean, you, are, we we listen to the pastor on Sunday, or we listen to the Word, but are we in the Word? Uh, we need to be like the Bereans. We need to 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 check what he, what's being said to us, because there's so much false teaching, especially in this time. There's so much false teaching out there. We need to make sure that we know what is true. We need to be in His Word, and we need to be studying, and we need to be steadfast. So yes. you know, we need to be, we need to be studying the word and knowing the word and applying the word instead of being spoon fed. And so many, I believe that are in that point and I'm not casting because I was that place once in my life as well, but, but we need to make sure that we know what
0: is truth. And you can't know if what you're being fed is true, if you're not spending time in the Bible on your own, right? That's how we are able to validate what we're taught and all of that. If to your point, if we're just being spoon fed, how are we to know what we're being fed is accurate? If we're not in the Word ourselves, Amen, guys. Again, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to join us on Cast the Word today, friends. I hope that you guys enjoyed what Brother Paul and and Brother Eric had to share today. Again, just want to recognize them from uh, the French Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Stay tuned in the future. We're going to have more episodes like this, guys. We're going to have more people joining in as we are able to and and as schedules allow. We are very blessed right now to be able to network with other ministers, other podcasters across the country, and we're um, trying our best to try to get those folks in front of you guys as well. So again, Thank you all for listening. If you missed last Monday's episode, feel free to check that out. Subscribe to our podcast so that you are notified of future episodes. And if you're willing and interested in becoming more involved, more engaged, and more connected to this ministry, feel free to visit our website, casttheword.com. Scroll down to the bottom and enter in your name and email address there. You're not gonna be spammed. You're not gonna be bombarded with emails. That's just a way for us to stay connected with certain um, updates, certain campaigns that are going on with our ministry, and to also ensure that you are notified via email when we publish a new episode as well. So um, we just try to do the best we can to stay connected. If you are on social media, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Cast the Word and following us there. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.